Welcome to C Suite Radio. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Prepare to be astonished with Brett Allen. Dude, we are so gonna party! A pop culture podcast. <gasps> oh! At the Open Mic, no topic is off limits. Great Odin's Raven! Join in weekly as Brett interviews your favorite celebrities from film, television, sports, music, and much more. Plus, you never know who will stop by. The mystic portal awaits. Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Happy Monday. Welcome into another episode of the show. On the podcast, we have the multi talented actor Hunter Duhan. He can currently be seen on the Showtime streaming limited series, Your Honor. He also was on another fantastic show back in 2019, 2020 on Apple TV called Truth Be Told with Octavia Spencer. And this show, Your Honor, is absolutely fantastic. We had an interview last week with Lily Kay, his co-star who plays Fia Baxter, and we have other interviews coming up as well from other cast members. But Hunter was the absolute best. We literally we we, we literally just recorded this today and wanted to get it out on the airwaves to you immediately. I think you're going to love it. Hunter, welcome into the podcast. It's good to have you here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on here. Well, I am excited because we had your co-star, Lily Kay, on last week. And now we are talking to Hunter Duhan, who is one of the leads in this fantastic ensemble limited series show, Your Honor, on Showtime. Let's just start out with how has your experience been on this fantastic show? Because I, I tell you, I feel like when I watch this, everybody just shines everybody has such a fantastic part and it just seems like that you guys are just having the best time in the world on this on the show kind of where i mean we felt and i especially just felt so lucky to be on the show and to get to work with like you know this caliber of writing like it was every episode was so great i was so excited to be a part of it and then also we were down in new orleans and you just can't beat being down there to shoot and film. We had so much fun and the crew was really fun because they all work together a lot. And so it was really fun to kind of just jump in and be everybody's friend. Yeah, it's a fantastic show. And just the location that you're filming at is beautiful in itself. The writing, the storytelling. Let's talk about your character, Adam. Well, first of all, let's back up a little bit. How did you find out about this project and what was it that drew you to it and made you want to be a part of it that's really flattering that you ask it in that way like we did this round table with the cast and everyone was telling all their like brian and carmen and hope they're telling me like these like glamorous stories when their agents called them to offer the role to them and <laughs> i was like oh that's not what happened for, to me at all you know i've been out in la just auditioning for basically anything i could the last eight almost nine years now and so this came in just as a self-tape and, you know, I saw, you know, Peter Moffat was a showrunner and Brian was already attached and you know, I didn't think I had a chance in hell at it, but I was really excited to do it. Cause I mean, I don't mean to say that just cause I didn't have a choice. I didn't want it. Cause even when you're auditioning for everything, there's like, obviously some things you want more than others. And, and like, honestly, I've never wanted anything as much as I wanted to play Adam. I thought it was just such an amazing role and the writers and producers gave so much importance to him, even though, you know, he's like, he's the kid, he's the teenager. 
on this show. I thought they just handled that role with such care and gave me so much to work with. It was really fun. I, I, I couldn't believe it. And it, it took about four months, the audition process, from like a, a couple of self-tapes in my apartment in LA and then a audition round with Peter and um, Michelle and Robert King and Liz Glotzer in LA. And then we they flew me to New York with a few guys for the final test because Brian was doing a play on Broadway at the time. And that was the final audition was uh, reading opposite Brian. Wow. And there in itself is a phenomenal actor, Brian Cranston. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So I find this interesting because this show has such a large ensemble cast. And oftentimes when you're watching shows like this, everybody kind of has their moment and some might be bigger than others. But I feel like on this show, all of you get the opportunity to shine equally, if that makes any sense. And I think that has to do perhaps with the yeah, writing and, and all of that, which is phenomenal. Let's talk about your character, Adam, who obviously, for those who haven't seen it, I apologize, there's going to be spoilers, but we're seven episodes <laughs> in right now. So if you haven't watched it, Hop on to Showtime. Yeah, you guys are seven weeks behind. You're seven weeks behind. <laughs> Lily and I, uh, your castmate, we joked about that a little bit. But at this point, and this will air today. So, I mean, come on, people. Let's get on it. You haven't watched it. You have nothing but time to do anything right now other than watch television because we're all stuck at home. So let's talk <laughs> about your character, sort of how he plays into this story of uh, the show and, and sort of what, from your perspective, what this show really is about. I mean, yeah, for Anyone that hasn't seen it, the, the basic premise is that Brian Cranston is playing this respected judge in New Orleans, and I play his 17-year-old son, Adam, and I get into a car wreck with a boy on a motorcycle, and he ends up dying there, and I, I leave the scene of the crime out of panic and fear, and then when Brian gets home, I tell him, and because he's a judge, he knows we should do the right thing, we should go to the police, and then when we get to the police station, he finds out that the boy I hit was the son of a mob boss and he knows they'll kill me. So he makes the decision right there that we got to leave. And then he starts covering up the crime. And then, you know, as you know, seven weeks in, it just spirals out of control every week. But yeah, that, I mean, that is to get back to Adam, you know, I think he has the best of intentions though. Even when we start, we're starting on the anniversary of his mom's death and he goes, he makes that little memorial for her. He doesn't feel like justice has been done and no one's figured out who, who murdered her or what happened to her. And then of course, then he gets into the crash and makes the terrible decision to leave. So I always say, I hope people can love Adam for his intentions, but I know that his actions and sometimes inactions can make that hard. And I think on a very visceral level, this this story is about what links a father would go to to protect his child, right? And also yeah. that oftentimes the decisions that we make as individuals aren't necessarily based on what the immediate consequences would be correct like we're not really thinking about that or we're not really thinking about long term either right and and also kind of a picture of our justice system that we have in our country and really how that all kind of plays out would that kind of ring true to you as far as sort of maybe some of the subtext or underlying themes of this particular show that's on yeah i think the show does a beautiful job of exploring kind of like who you're following and who is really the bad guy in this story? You know, our first table read, I went up to Michael Stuhlbarg and who plays Jimmy Baxter, the mob boss. And I was like, oh my God, you're so great. I'm a huge fan. And, and you were just 
you're terrifying in this. And he goes, oh, thank you. So are you. And then just walked away. And that made me realize like, oh, from everyone's got their different perspective they're coming in from, you know, he may be the mob boss and the quote unquote, like bad guy. And then, yeah, there's also these bigger themes that we get into and explore about white privilege, because, you know, Adam wouldn't get away with anything that he gets away with if he wasn't who he is and his dad wasn't right. who he was and and they also you know get into like police brutality with the kofi jones storyline and just systematic racism in the criminal justice system in general and you know i don't think that anyone you know was trying to teach a lesson and i know I, that's not how i go into it as an actor and i don't think anybody watches tv to learn a lesson i think people just want to watch great stories that take place in like a true reflection of our world. And hopefully that's what this show is pulling off. I think it is. And it was also written and directed and produced by some of the same folks who did another limited series run the night of, which was a yeah. kind of similar type of story in a sense. And you have just been a part of some amazing other projects. You were a part of the Apple, Apple TV series run uh, truth be told, which was, Another fantastic story. And I like these types of shows because it's more to me than just sort of a visceral entertainment. There's a lot happening and the characters are very deep and very layered, right? It's not super myopic or one dimensional, if that makes any sense. So when you were approaching this role, obviously this is not necessarily a story of like art imitating life per se, although some of the stuff about the mob and all of that, that could very well be possibly true uh, in a city like New Orleans. But how did you go about making choices for this character and sort of developing Adam uh, to what we see on the big screen every week when we watch this? Well, I tried to at first just, I mean, besides just pouring over the scripts and rehearsing them, because I had like, I think the first five before I got down to New Orleans, I tried to just latch on to anything that I could, that was tangible, that I could research or learn. Like I met with a couple of people who have asthma and I met with a pulmonologist in LA just to make sure that, that was, that I could portray that as accurately as possible because you know, that's that his asthma attack that he has while he's driving that gets him into the car crash, you know, really sets up the whole show. Also, I, I talked to two psychiatrists about the PTSD that he would have from that. And we kind of get to see that effect, especially in episode two, when he has that flashback, like he's still there. And then I, I learned, you know, how to shoot on film and develop in a dark room because he's a photographer. Kind of just my way into Adam, I, I keep telling people, you know, a bunch of actors say, you know, like, you can't judge your character. And to me, that was almost my way in because Adam is not an idiot. He, although... He can do some pretty stupid stuff. <laughs> He's very smart and intelligent in the decisions he that he makes. And people don't realize that. Oh, thanks for saying that. Yeah, I think that he is a smart guy and he's very emotionally intelligent and he hates himself for what he's done. He's totally judging himself. So for me, that was my, my way in to the character is because that's how he's thinking of himself after because I think anybody can relate to making, you know, an irrational decision in the heat of the moment that messes everything up and then feel terrible about it. And then the parts of the show that I really love are when Brian's character, Michael makes decisions to cover up for Adam that he doesn't necessarily bring Adam in on. And, you know, to him, he's doing the right thing and he's got to do it, but it goes too far. And, you know, Adam feels this horrible guilt. 
so they start to kind of butt heads and you know we really get to see that in like episode four when brian and i have that you know terrible dinner scene with everybody and then we go out to the backyard and have this fight and we i love the writing in that because adam finally just got to say like you know can i i get the lie but can you just right here right now tell me that you understand what we did can you just admit it and i i, I love that scene because it felt like the one time adam seemed right yes, does that make sense it does i get it and by the way that scene was horribly intense and the idea of the devil you know is better than the devil that you don't know comes to yeah. mind when you were yeah. in that dinner scene with everybody on some level could be culpable to what you've done and you've confessed to or may have some sort of idea of what you've done i've been reading different press reviews about this and lots of different articles in the trades. And one of the things that the show often gets compared to or some parts or some moments are breaking bad, like the moments between yeah. you and Brian. And I wouldn't come. I wouldn't say that they're the same at all, but there are moments where his character is making decisions for you or trying to convince you like in the most recent episode, you know, that, piece of brain matter falls out of his pant leg and he's like trying to convince you that it's something that it's totally and completely not your character kind of wants to believe it a little bit right like he wants to believe the best in his father you know what i'm saying does that make sense like do you get that when you're filming those when you film those types of scenes where you're kind of like he's trying to manipulate you a little bit and do you does adam realize that or does he just want to just believe the best in his father he does at the beginning just he's so distraught he just kind of you know literally falls into brian's arms and just wants his dad to help him and then it does spiral out of control and then you know we see them kind of fighting and adam realizing what he's michael is trying to do to him like when he tells him kofi has died in the beginning of episode four over breakfast and then he's like he's, he's trying to control adam and keep a lid on it and all adam really needs is to talk to somebody about it but Brian just keeps saying, you know, there's a scene that got cut that was like, the less we talk about it, the less you'll think about it, and it'll just go away. And that's impossible <laughs> for Adam. And so no. he kind of reaches a breaking point with his father in that episode where he goes, okay, fine. And, you know, he follows him to the room. Is there anything you want to talk about? It? He goes, no, what do you... He said it had nothing to do with us. And he, and he shuts down because he realized he's not going to get what he needs from his dad. So... Yeah, I think it's both. He, he starts off wanting to believe his dad is the best and wanting his help. And then, yeah, he, he, he does realize that in some ways manipulation is there and can't stand it. Yes, I feel like poor Adam is just going to circle the drain and just have a complete meltdown. But we don't know that yet <laughs> because we still have three amazing episodes left to watch. We will stop there because, you know, it's a fantastic show. You do an amazing job. Lily does an amazing... Everybody on the show just does a fantastic job. The scenery, the writing, the storytelling, phenomenal. So hats off to you, my friend, for such a great show. And, and when I started watching this, I was like, I have to talk to these amazing people because you just don't get storytelling like that all too often in a lot of entertainment that we have. I mean, all shows that I like are good, but this in particular is different. I want to switch gears a little bit because you have other titles that you wear as well. You have written things, you have directed things as well. When you started your trajectory towards the entertainment industry, was the end goal wanting to be an actor or were you just wanting to create as much art and content as you possibly could for 
people to see and to expose you as a creator? You know, no, I moved out to LA with the sole focus being just acting. And then, you know, I moved out here from Arkansas. And as you okay. can imagine, people, yeah, people weren't exactly knocking on my door with opportunities. <laughs> and so me and my friends just kind of started making short films and or sometimes just scenes, standalone scenes. Uh, you know, we, we did it for no money at all. And so we, you know, I had to write my stuff for myself and then, you know, we would direct each other kind of, I had like a group that we'd all do it together. Yeah. But that's really kind of where it all stemmed from was just wanting to create content. Like, I mean, for a while, my reel that my agents would use was made up entirely of stuff <laughs> that I had shot and made myself. And I mean, it's a great trick in a way to get footage if you, you know, cause you're waiting for someone to cast you. There's just so much waiting around for actors. So, I mean, but it has made me love writing because I love that at the end of the day, you can have something tangible like, oh, here's what I accomplished today. I don't have to just sit around and wait for someone to give me a chance to show them I can act. I, I can go do it. Yeah, I think that's important. And I've heard a lot of other actors and entertainers say the same thing. That oh, yeah. I mean, this is so not an original idea of mine. I've no, no, no. Well, advice yeah. from like actors that I admire, even Brian, you know, he talked about it a lot and I was such a big Breaking Bad fan. I, anything that I saw him say in an interview, I would latch on to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine there were probably a lot of conversations about that as well. Um, if I had the opportunity to talk to him, I don't know. I think it would be very a one-sided conversation subconsciously about just asking about the show. But just like yeah. him and everybody else, you've all done so many amazing things. But I think the message is clear that you just need to create the content, right? Because as an actor... A show like this, or Truth Be Told, which aired last year or so, you know, those are lightning in a bottle opportunities and you build from there. What I think people don't realize is that you've done a dozen or so other things prior to that. You've created your own content. If you don't have a demo reel, you make your own. So people yeah. can see what you are capable of. So when shows like this come along, they go, oh, okay, Hunter has the chops to do this. And clearly you do because you're just fantastic. So if, if there was any piece of advice that you would give your younger self or that you wish somebody would have given you to sort of set you on the path to this career, uh, what what advice would that be? I mean, not to sound like a broken record, but yeah, create stuff, you know. It doesn't have to be much. Just what do you have that someone, we know someone has a house, we can make it look like it's not just any apartment in LA or just, you know, use your apartment, write a story that for what you can do. And then, you know, just stay in class. Like as soon as the show ended and when we had to stop because of COVID, you know, I got back into my regular acting class uh, again. And I take from this lady, uh, uh, this woman, uh, Lisa Melillo at Joanne Barron, DDB Brown, and she's amazing. So uh, that's why I say to everybody, just people should be in class all the time. Because like anything else, you can quickly get out of practice with acting and auditioning, especially. And then you get one and you freak out and get nervous and totally mess it up. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And you guys were able to get all of this wrapped prior to COVID, correct? Or was it kind of in the middle? No. So we actually had to shut down in March, like everybody else. And then we didn't come back until October and we finished the week of Thanksgiving, 2020. So oh, wow. we, we kind of, and then pr the show premiered two weeks later. On December I know 6th. that was quite quick. Yeah. Wrap up the episodes. And honestly, dude, that, that was like sad coming back to new Orleans because like I said, we were there from Mardi Gras at the very end of our first block. And then we came back and 
Lily and I actually lived together because we could only go to set and home. There was, okay. you know, I was not going to be personally the guy that gets production shut down, you know. And then we, we had to walk around, you know, everyone had masks and something an animal would wear after the vet, these shields to block us from things. And, you know, we were rehearsing in those and, you know, Brian and I have seen and we, it was just a hug and we come together and our shields are all mashing up together. And it just makes for honestly a lot less fun on set. But I think we were all just really grateful to be able to finish it and get it out. Nothing more frustrating, I'm sure, for a performer than to start a project and then have it come to a screeching halt and then not even be able to finish it, which a lot of shows right now, that is the case for them because they had to stop because they can't continue to film. Well, this is a fantastic show. Hunter is on this amazing project, Your Honor, on Showtime. It is a limited run series, and we are seven episodes in, and I believe there's about 10 total. So we have a few yep. weeks left to see what shenanigans you are up to <laughs> and uh, uh, how this relationship with Fia, Lily's character, pans out, which is a whole nother thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, she had some fun things to say about that as far as like her perspective and what she thinks about Adam. And at least that's what she thinks. You know, we don't really know yet because it hasn't really unfurled yet. But it's a fantastic show. If people want to connect with you and just learn more about all the things that you've done, Hunter, what is the best way for them to do that? Uh, I mean, I just have an Instagram. It's just at Hunter Duhan. No fancy <laughs> handle. Very cool. Well, Hunter, thank you for joining me and talking about this uh, show today on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you and all the nice things you had to say about the show. Thank you so much. I, you know, I just feel really lucky to be a part of it. So any chance I get to talk about it, I, I take it. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.